You have tuned in to Twuk Season 2, Episode 2. My name is Zephyr, and today I'm going to be interviewing Delilah about strip talk. How are you doing today, Delilah? I'm doing so good, Zephyr. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm really glad to be talking to you today about strip talk. Um, I'm really curious, like, first of all, when you started dancing. So I started dancing in April um, 2021. And then I had just ended um, an assignment with my live, like, I was an in-home nanny. And I was just looking for, like, a job that was flexible. Because, like, I have a son. So it was hard to, like, do the whole single mom working a normal job. And it was very um, convenient. So I started dancing at um, a club in Baltimore. Was there something that, like, sparked your interest? Did you have a friend who was a dancer? So it all really came from, I was really big into, like, watching TikToks and stuff, and it kind of started popping up just because I was also really interested in, like, the art and dance form of it Mm -hmm. where I, like, had wanted to start getting into a performing thing. And my mom actually had told me that I should, like, get into it. Like, why shouldn't I? Because, like, I was pretty and everything. Like, I had, like, the body for it. I'm really flexible, and she drove me to my first audition at oh. yeah. So your mom's like a really big supporter of yours with dancing still or she was. She was um, I think it was very um in the moment for her. And then when she realized that I was like honestly I started making more money than her when I first started. And oh, she got a, yeah. she got a little bit uh felt away about that. Um, so hurt. now she's <laughs> she's just not there anymore. Oh, man. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. at least she was there. She was supportive at first. And, you know, she always is supportive of things for me, like, when I first start. So at least she'll push me to do things I want to do. And after that, I just, I fly. Yeah. I go for it. And I thrived. I thrived until, like, we hit the slow point. And even then, like, I still did well. Mm -hmm. But Strip Talk definitely gives you not an understanding of, like, what actually goes on as a dancer. I first started seeing it. It started popping up because I started, like, um, honestly searching girls, like, doing, like, routines and stuff. Not even just strip talk. Like, I wanted to see girls do routines and, like, do the performance part. And it, it was just strip talk. Like, the hashtag strip talk on TikTok when, in that time, like, 2021, mm-hmm. was just girls posting a bunch of money. Like, to, like this is how much I make in a night. All, like, and that could be, like, out in Vegas, out, out in, like, um, Florida and stuff, Miami. Right. With you know, the, the not natural bodies and stuff, which I have a natural body Mm -hmm. and it was very much flaunting and it was very much not realistic and honest about what actually goes on in the club or what you could like have to deal with. So when I got into dancing and very quickly learned like the realisms of it, you know, like having to deal with like the essay and like the just the real hardships of dancing, I was like, wow, no one warned me about this. No one, no one talks about that on strip talk. No yeah. one, no one comes out and speaks about it. They just all want to post how much money to make, which the money is worth it, but it's Definitely. not, it's, it's nice. It's nice to be also warned about the hardships as well as like the benefits. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's like a delicate balance too, right? Because like if we're constantly being negative, mm-hmm like just constantly saying oh it's slow all the time in here or this sucks like I don't like it in here I hate these musty ass customers like blah 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 which are all things that come out of my mouth like (laughs) on a regular basis in fact but like I have learned even that can be like it's it's like two extremes Mm -hmm. like 
glamorizing it in this way to make it seem like I'm taking home thousands and thousands of dollars every single night I come into work instead of the reality of it, which is that it's a gamble every time Mm -hmm. you come into work and you're walking in the door in the negative Mm -hmm. because there's house fees, there's mandatory tip outs, there's your Uber, there's your parking, your your gas money, your pedicure that you had to pay for so you could make sure that you looked good at the club. You know, we have all of these expenses. So the reality of it is, is we really are walking in the door in the negative and we can profit a lot of money from that, but we can also walk away still in the negative and that's true. And it doesn't mean that we should like focus like all the time on like, you know, those bad days, Mm -hmm. but also, like, focusing constantly on these, like, really good days and making it seem like I'm taking home, like, thousands and thousands of dollars, like, and only posting that online, like, can be really detrimental, not only to people who are interested in coming in the industry, but also to people who are already in the industry because people who are already in the industry, it makes them feel bad about mm. themselves or it's like less than yeah yeah, yeah. And that's what strip talk was is that it was the only glamorizing or like that's what I only saw was mm-hmm. the glamorizing there there was no like I saw no bad side to it no one spoke on that in any video I ever saw I after I started dancing and I started like really getting into like the stripper side of TikTok is mm-hmm. when I started seeing the real videos when I started posting my own videos about it being like Making memes about, like, when guys would touch me and give me no money, I'd be like, the, the little memes where they shake my finger. Yeah. But it was only then that I would start seeing, like, the girls who would actually post realistic stuff. But it was it's it's a majority of just glamorizing, like, money that you make. Even girls I work with now. Like, I work with you the whole week, and I, not that I'm pocket watching, but no no one's coming to the club like that. And you're, you're no. posting TikToks about money that you made three weeks ago about when it was popping off through like you're it's detrimental to girls or who are in the industry or trying to get into it who have this unrealistic expectation or her being hard on themselves because they're not making that money not realizing that that's not even real right it's not in real time you're not being honest and it's not something that some like the person who's posting it should hold themselves responsible for but they think they should really think about it that like it's cool it's fun like oh my gosh I made all this money but also like who you're posting it to. Right. Who's seeing it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to, like, take into consideration, like, the impact that your words have, whether those words are spoken online or spoken in person or, like, in whatever setting. Like, what you say and what you put out there has an impact. And, like, we're not always responsible for the impact that we're having, but I do think it's good to at least care about that, you know? Um, so we just had to take a little intermission to get some wine. We got two bottles of rosé. Really excited. (laughs) It was needed. (laughs) Much needed. It's always needed. Um, so anyway, like back to our conversation about strip talk. So I'm kind of curious, like, was any of the income at all, like, with dancing been comparable to what you've actually made in the club since you started? Not at all. And I think that's what it, I was really hard on myself for that, where I was seeing these girls on TikTok posting about how they're making all this money. And until I was in the industry long enough to realize like these girls are fronting about it, 
mm-hmm. they're not being honest because even girls I'm working with, I'm following them on TikTok and they're not even being honest. No. About, and I think like the most I've ever made, because I'm still technically new, was probably like 2,500. Yeah. In my year and a half, which is and really that's good. really good. And that's really good. And those nights were a high for me. Yeah. And that's what the, the club became was kind of, it's like almost like a toxic relationship between you and a boyfriend where it's like, you want to leave, mm-hmm. but you keep coming back because it's that fast money and everything. And that's what it was for me. It was, I would do so like horrible a couple days, but then I have one really good day and it's a high. I'm on stage. I'm making all this money. And that's, it just became that for me, where it was just like that relationship where I had inconsistencies. I had to go get, like, I had to just create a consistency for me or else it wasn't going to be able to work. Right. I feel like it's like kind of addicting in that way too, because it's almost like gambling. And then you have these other like addictive things that are like built in at work, like alcohol and drugs. And so just like the environment becomes super like you become super psychologically dependent on it and money's coming in so fast that sometimes like the money goes out just as fast it's that instant gratification of like you have the money in your hand the same time like you walk off the stage with money you have that in your hand it's not like a regular job where you have to wait that week or two weeks to get it right it's it's addicting right so uh are you still dancing full-time uh, full-time, no. I took a, I started taking a break about a month ago. I got a real job. I worked for like a little corporate company, but I had, I realized I had to create some kind of consistency and relying on dancing as my main form of income was really detrimental to my mental and physical health. Yeah. Do you feel like now that you have a regular job during the day, it's like harder to make it to the club? No, not no. on days that I want to. Okay. So I set a like a schedule for me for like when I want to dance. It's usually just like Thursday through Sunday, which is what I used to normally do. But mm-hmm. now the fact that during the week I have something to do, it keeps me busy. It keeps me from like getting in my like own head about the money I make because I know still during the during the week that I make money, and on the weekend, even if I don't make what I would like to, I still have a backup. I still have something that's supporting me. Yeah. And that's what really has helped me through those those hard thoughts of like, wow, I'm not making any money. Is it me? Is it my body? Is it all this stuff? All these factors that like really race through your mind when you have a bad night. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me. It's it, just the money. It doesn't. It's literally luck. It's the recession. It's, it's the who, weather. What customer you have. Yeah, what customer you have. If you were on stage at the right time. Sometimes it's just all about like, <laughs> I happened to be on stage when the one guy who was ready to spend money tonight walked in. And it's the inconsistencies. Yeah. And the, those will wear on you though. Because even though we know that, but sometimes we'll just get in our own. I, especially, well, for me, I get in my own head and I'm like, damn. Is it me? Like, did I do something? Like, what? what is it about me now? Because yeah. my body is my business there. But on my regular job, I'm like, if that gets sat, I'm like, cool. These are my people now. And if they don't send me, they don't send me. But I'm still working for something, and it's still a consistent amount of, I'll go in these days, and I know I'm going to make money. Right. You know you're going to get that paycheck mm-hmm. every two weeks or whatever it is. It's not relying on inconsistency. That really, like, helped me be able to have a better relationship with the club yeah it's it's helped me a lot too I've gone in and out of like having 
a job outside of work and just doing dancing full time for the past four years. But currently I have a job outside of work. Um, Sometimes at times it's really just been so damn good at the club that like my job is not worth it. And those are times that I've like quit my job because I don't give a fuck about some hourly job. But in the current um, economic state that we're in right now, I feel like I like very heavily rely on my day job and I need it uh, for my bills and just for my mental health because um, coming into work and making under $200 like for five nights in a row Mm -hmm. and some of those nights even being in the negative is just like really hard. But then meanwhile, I could come in the next week and have two $2,000 nights back to back. Mm -hmm. Like it really is that tumultuous and that can really be. It's a toxic relationship. You never know. And it's addicting when, when you have those really good nights. Yeah. I really like how you describe it as like a toxic boyfriend. I think that's exactly right. And I think like a lot of what we see on uh, TikTok is contributing to the toxicity because it's lies. And like, there's no Mm -hmm. way that the people that are posting stuff like that aren't aware of the fact that like when they're posting, you know, six grand or whatever it is, not that making six grand in a night. Those bank run TikToks where it's like, I'm running 15 grand to the bank. Like how long did it take you? Is that even 15 grand or is how long did it take you to make that 15 grand? Right. You're posting in a, like in a a broad form, not really letting people know it's, and it's correlates with the same thing. When people post so happily on, or on TikTok or Instagram about their relationships, Mm -hmm. people don't actually post about when they're sad or when they're fighting, when they're angry, when they have their hardships with their relationships. It is the same thing with the club. No one's going to post that. And it's not a shame thing. It's not anything that we should be ashamed of, but it's just like, that's not what people want to see. No one wants to see a sad story. Like, Oh, I had a bad night tonight. There are some girls who do. But those those ones aren't the ones that are getting all the likes. Those ones aren't all getting all the ones with the shares and everything. No, like I've posted when I have bad nights before and I literally will lose followers. Yeah, no one wants to see that. And it's not something that we're doing wrong, but it's like people are like want to glorify it. They mm-hmm. don't want to see the hardships. Yeah. And that affects the people who are like actually interested. Like when I started getting interested into it, like I never saw any of that until I started. Because no one wants to share those. No one wants to like those. No one wants to repost those. Right. I mean, because that's like the reality and the reality is actually like kind of boring. I mean. It's kind of sad. Yeah. It's kind of sad. It's kind of bleak sometimes. It is. And it's hard. mm -hmm. And people don't want to acknowledge that because they also, a lot of people still don't see sex work as like work. So when they see a stripper or like a sex worker complaining about money or about like their job, they're just like, meh. Yeah, they're just like, oh, well, you're basically a bum. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just yeah. begging for money. Like, I'm, you're not doing anything for it. And it's like, actually, I, I I'm am. I'm really putting everything out there. I'm, I'm the most vulnerable anyone could be. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm getting naked and walking yeah. around in eight-inch heels for eight hours, like, and sometimes mm-hmm. not making any money from that. Mm-hmm. And, and like, people I, like to undermine that. Like, it's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. But I think that's why we see, like the strip talkers, you know, posting these huge amounts of money too. I think that's coming from a place of insecurity because society makes us feel so bad about our work that like some strippers, uh, that's their way of compensating. Yeah. That's their way of compensating for how society treats them. They're like, Oh, well like I'm rich, so you can't treat me this way. Even if like, 
them being that rich is actually a lie. Mm-hmm. And I get that. That's and it's exactly. not unheard of, like, some of the amounts that these people are mm-hmm. posting. Like, some it's people not really do do that well. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not here to say, like, every single person that's on Strip Talk posting all their money is lying about their mm-hmm. money. But also, like... You never know. Yeah, and also it's like, look at the people who are posting that they're making all this money. Usually they have like certain privileges, like they're white. They mm-hmm. have, have the fake body. Yeah, they, they have, have a fake body. Usually most of them have they sugar have daddies yeah. and stuff like that. They have other backgrounds to like just the club. They have a clientele. They have regulars. They have people who are always coming to see them. It's also where they're based off of. Exactly. Being in a non-stripping city. We're not in Vegas. We're not in Miami. We're not in Atlanta. I do not have a fucking BBL. I do not have fake titties. I have a normal body. We're at a disadvantage for the stripping community. Yeah. And that's no hate to any girls who do because they have invested. And the girls who use it the right way, they make the money. Yeah. And I've, I've, even when I started dancing, I used to think about investing in my body and getting a BBL. And I realized I only wanted to do that to be able to make um, the money they were making, realizing I can make the amount of money they're making doing something else like burlesque or something. Yeah. And it creates that insecurity of where girls who see these girls making this money feel like they have to be up to that standard of girl. Mm-hmm. Not realizing they could branch out. They could do something else. They could have their own like skill set. Like how I have the flexibility. I could put both my legs by my head. That's yeah. my skill set. You have to have your own way to stand out. <laughs> That's my skill set. Put it on my That's resume. my skill set. I, I fold myself up like I'm a pretzel. I just have like huge boobs. That's like my skills. I love it. And I so, like carry them with grace. I love you. Every time I walk in, I'm like, Sephra with the huge titties right here. <laughs> that's like... You, you have to stand out in a way. And that's why I yeah. like the stripping community. Like you have to be able to make your own mark. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to last. And that's why like the influx of girls that have been coming in. They see this strip talk. They see all the things people are like, oh, anyone can do it. This is not for everyone. I'm a crier. <laughs> yeah. I'm sensitive. I, I come home and I cry from work sometimes because I'm like, people are really mean. They people are. are really the rejection is you. hard. Like it, it is so hard. I'd be drunk as shit sometimes at work because I'm like, it makes it easier to bounce back. Literally, I'm just from, like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm be like, I really think you're ugly. And I'll be like, okay. <laughs> and I'll go somewhere else when I'm drunk. But if I'm sober, I'll be like, I'll think about that all night. Yeah, I'll literally go in the dressing room and tell everybody <laughs> that passes me that somebody called me ugly and I like can't get over it. I have it. to share and get like uh, uh, for a minute, like uh, affirmation from someone. Yes, like, you're not I need ugly. it from everyone. And then the house mom's just sitting there having her <laughs> on the twin. <laughs> Sitting there like, could you shut up? Yeah. <laughs> Holding the 20th yeah. person of the night hostage to tell them that somebody <laughs> called me ugly and to please validate me and tell me that my titties are big and beautiful. I got you every time. <laughs> I got you too. Like, I can't stand when customers like say me. Like, like it's is like your you, dick little or something? Right. You <laughs> could just be like, you, literally just a no thanks. Yeah. No, I'm you could good, be like a normal plenty. human being about it. Because like, that doesn't hurt it? me. Like it kind of hurts a little bit because I'm like, I know what you're saying. I know what you're trying to say right like, now. But it. at least you're not being like, oh, you're ugly. Like They act like this isn't your job <laughs> like to sit here and like talk to men. Like, you know, when you're getting yeah, rejected. Yeah, I'm like, like I'm I not, get it. Yeah. I'm if you like, could just sit here and be like, no, like. You know, you're just not the girl for me. Like, I'm just waiting for some. 
that's it. That's all I need. Or, oh, no, thank you. Maybe some manners. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. (laughs) Did you grow up in a barn? (laughs) Yeah, some of these guys need to go to charm school. For real. Like, just maybe read a book about manners once or twice. Like, even in the strip club, like, people feel like they can walk in and now that you're a customer, you can just own me or, like, talk to me however you want. Like, no, I was... slap the fuck out of you like what are you gonna do get banned right <laughs> i could and like i might be in the wrong but like why where did you think it was right to talk to me like i'm not a human being just because i have my tits out right <laughs> it's ridiculous they i think that they come in there to reject women that normally would be rejecting mm-hmm. them in real to life feel powerful to feel powerful because it's the only place like you could be that ugly in as a man <laughs> and that women would just because you have a little you. bit of money in your hands yeah like, it's not even <laughs> enough money babe like i think it's really hilarious when guys have money out that they're not spending like especially like when the they ones sit who, at the stage yeah. and they're like one dollar yeah, they put one dollar at a time. Show me for one dollar, and I'm, I'm like, like not can you get away from me? You look right now. <laughs> We're and, making fun of you in the dressing room. <laughs> yeah, and also it'll be like regulars, like they do it every mm. single time. And I'm like, do you like? Are you really that stupid? Like, you think no one's gonna notice? We could talk about some regulars after this. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I could name names right now mm. if that weren't completely unethical. <laughs> it's like, so unethical. It's, we should not. It's not ethical. I'm big about being ethical on this podcast, so. All right. Well, I feel like we could go on and on about all the things, but I think we're at a good stopping point. And I just want to thank you for coming and talking to me today, Delilah. I love talking to you, Zeph. I'll be here any day you want me. Yes, we would love to have you back. (laughs) I I say we, but like it's really just me so far. But I say we because... I really, it's the community. Yeah, I want... We want to have me back. We, yes. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to Twuk. You can find us on Instagram at Twuk Official or www.twuk.com. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash Twuk. And our RSS is rss.com slash podcast slash Twuk. Our ethos states that we are comprised of a collective of sex workers who believe in changing the culture of the industry for the betterment of the workers. Twuk values the safety, human rights, and success of sex workers and focuses on providing educational resources to make this possible. Twuk does not support the exploitation nor extortion of sex workers and therefore uses its funds to pay sex workers directly and does not profit as an entity. Twuk pays sex workers who are featured on our podcast, and we pay sex workers who perform at our events or DJ at our events. Additionally, we do not charge a tabling fee for sex workers who vend at our events. We do need funding, so if you support our mission, you can cash app us at cash sign twuck official thank you so much and we'll see you next time